Hello, everyone. Welcome back to a so- interqueen solo edition of the Calcio's Pantheon. As always, I am your host, Danielle. Um, normally, I'm joined by my partner, Elliot, but in this case, I kind of wanted to come on and just like talk about some things that have transpired in the past 24 hours along with, like, recapping how I became a football fan and why I chose Inter, along with what my experience has been with the club so far, all all the way down to what has happened recently, um, basically discussing what my thoughts were when I found out Inter was going to be a part of the uh, new... uh, the Super League, where a bunch of your Premier League clubs, some of your Serie A clubs, and a couple people from or teams from another league are joining to create this super competition to basically compete with the UEFA Champions and Europa Leagues, and basically kind of like give my thoughts on what I'm going to do as a football fan with Inter going forward. And I'll talk a little bit briefly of what has happened with some of my friends during this time. So, obviously, I'm not going to be used to talking this long on my own. And sorry if my thoughts come out, like, jumbled or I'm not speaking clearly enough. Um, it I used to have seizures growing up, which has kind of, like, affected my speech. And I also have ADHD which at times can make it difficult because my brain sometimes uh, goes a little bit slower than my mouth and sometimes it's vice versa. So I'm just going to let you guys know now, just bear with me as I go through this episode. And um, also, I'm gonna. this is obviously not going to be as long as some of the other episodes that I've done in the past. This is not going to be like your 45-minute to hour-long episodes that you're normally routinely used to hearing from the show. This is basically going to be more so maybe no more than 20 minutes to maybe no more than 35 minutes. It just depends on how detailed I kind of like want to get, or it might not even be 20 minutes at all, but I just wanted to like do this little episode to discuss like what's been going on, especially in regards to the last uh, 24 hours regarding the football community. Okay, first I'm going to start off with obviously recapping my story of how I got into the sport of football and um, how I became a supporter of a club called Inter Milan, which obviously, as we all know, is in Milan, Italy. Um, obviously I was severely bullied growing up. Um, I was bullied since the age of six while your brain is still developing. Um, like I was told things I was fat, ugly, worthless, a waste of space would never amount to anything ever since the six, I mean the third or fourth grade. I think it was even the second. I can't remember when I was six years old, what grades I would have been. Sorry, my math is off. But, um, that would continue up until junior high, where not only were they, like, name-calling and, like, insulting me on the day-to-day basis, 
They would add things such as, like, throwing things at me, such as coins, food, and stuff like that. Um, they would also do things like try to trip me. So, because one time after gym class, someone tripped me, and I ended up skinning both one of my knees real bad. And obviously, during that time, and pretty much anybody who's ever been in school and deals with bullying on a day-to-day basis, it's a basically a case of he said, she said, or she said, she said, whatever the case may be. And so, until... Uh, Basically, everybody would, who insulted and bullied me, unless the teacher heard it or something, they wrote it off. And so I was basically left there to sit in silence and try not to cry on a day-to-day basis. Um, there were days where I would just cry. And then obviously, there was, after a while, I would slowly build up to the point where I would just bottle everything up for a couple months and pretty much have a good cry every like three or four months and eventually one time I actually the longest time I've ever went without crying was nine months um but when I got into high school it got worse not only did they um do all this stuff that they did in, to me in elementary school and junior high. They also added vandalism to my parents' home. And obviously, not only was I suffering, I thought my parents were suffering because at the time, not only did they do the usual TPing, which is if for those of you who listen who are not familiar with TPing, it's basically where people throw toilet paper all over your trees and all over your yard and stuff like that. Normally it's a tradition during homecoming. Like the cheerleaders would TP the footballers like houses and stuff. But we, I was never athletic. My brother was never part of sports, even though he was really good in gym class, but they would TP our house. We've had our house egged where people throw eggs at our house. Um, then we've had lawn for- furniture destroyed, and we've also had windows broken. So during that time, I was thinking, like, everything was my fault. And so it got to the point where when I was 16 years old, I wanted to commit suicide. But this is there's another start, part of the story that I haven't told yet. Obviously, growing up, I all, my family is a very... Christian based family like we believe in God we love him and we honor him on the daily and I I always went to church and there was the part of me who would go to church thinking I had everything put together life was good and stuff and there would then there was the me at school who was trying to just get by without basically losing her mind and this would continue until I was 16. Um, obvi- and also during the being at church, I obviously was going through the motions. I really, I heard about God. I did the motions like worshiping, uh, yada, 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 stuff that would be involved in church. And um, it would get to the point where I would didn't really have God in my life. 
and that would change when I was 16. Um, when I was 16 years old, I wanted to commit, uh, as I just said, I wanted to commit suicide. And I actually asked my brother, who is, even though he's kind of a jerk, he's an amazing human being. Um, he got scared and told a school social worker. And then I was pulled out of my, one of my history, one of my school classes. I think it was like a history class or something. And I was given an assessment, but realizing that they really couldn't do much for me, I was put into mental lockup for three days. And during that time in the mental facility while I was there, I wanted to get a Bible just so I could read in the word of God what I was going to do was wrong. Um, so, but... At that time, they didn't. I never got a Bible to see, but I remember a Bible verse that stuck in my head. Jesus is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. And so, with that, I eventually got out with only within only three days because a lot of the stuff that was impatient was geared towards those who had like drug addictions and all those other kinds of things where his eye was more just suicidal and stuff and really didn't have anything to contribute to those lessons that were being given. So, um, during that Sunday I got out, uh, my church had a soup salad praise and worship night. So obviously you went there, had your dinner, and then after like the dinner, you would be called into the sanctuary for a time of praise and worship. And during that time, I knew when the altar call was given, I went up to the altar. Obviously, there were a bunch of people who had heard the news that I wanted to commit suicide and didn't know that that was going on in my life. They were surrounding me and praying for me. And during that time, I just said, God, I'm giving you my life. I can't do this life alone anymore. I cannot do this by myself. And so with that, I started to follow Christ. And obviously, during that time, I was also a bully myself. I would bully innocent people because basically, if I did what the bullies told me to do, they would spare me that day. So I basically became, I was a bully to try to out-bully the people who were bullying me. So it, it's, it was a whole mess, and I was still living two separate lives at that moment. But then, um, obviously, I would continue down that path until graduation, where once I graduated and I didn't really have, even though I still got bullied from time to time, it wasn't as, like, daily because, obviously, I was out of school. So during that time, I pretty much, like, put my mind into the word of God, basically seeing who I was has in him and basically asking for forgiveness to those who I may have hurt when I was bullying people to like save myself. And obviously if they didn't forgive me, at least God forgave me for trying to make that effort and forgiving me of those sins. And so I eventually would, um, continue, get rid of like the suicidal aspect and see myself in a more positive way, the way God sees me. But 
with that, there was still a part of me that felt dead. And it wouldn't be until 2014. And for those of you who don't know, obviously football has become like the main attraction in my sports life. And so, but at the time, I was also a fan of American football. And during the time, I went through with like a couple different teams. I went from my Chicago Bears that I support today. Then during that time, I was the first I went from Chicago Bears, then to the Packers, then to the Falcons. And now I'm back to the Bears after taking a maybe a year and a half hiatus from the NFL. But um anyways uh during that time I was a Packers fan and um some of my other friends who I was friends with like I said oh go Packers we got this whatever and then I met my friend and as you know him as my podcast partner Elliot said the Packers suck they're terrible um their fans are only probably there to support because only like you because you're a Packers fan and not actually care about you as a person. And we basically def- like formed a friendship. And so during the time he wanted to take on what is called a sports guru apprentice. We call him the guru because when he predicts games and stuff, he's always usually spot on with them. And he's called a bunch of NFL games correctly along with like, who's going to be the MVP that season and things like that. And so I, I decided, okay, I want to do this. Maybe it'll help boost my positivity. Because at that time, I still felt like I was living a life of mediocrity. And I really had no, like, um, spot. I still had, I had a better self-esteem than I did. But it wasn't really there, there yet. And so I went through his program um, of learning how to do NFL picks, etc., but then it got to the point where, okay, what, now what, after it was disbanded? Like, there was no r- reason going forward. But then, one day, Elliot, who also is a hu- who's a huge football fan, was watching a post-match interview with former Aston Villa player, and at the time, he was a top goal scorer, Christian Benteke, talking about, like, the game, and then he had mentioned that, oh, I would like to thank God for giving me this platform to, like, bring honor and praise to your name, or his name, and, um, so, one, he put, if my uh, friend Danielle was into the sport of football, I think she would like this player, and, because they both share a relationship with Christ and it would be cool to have her in the sport. So with that, I learned, I told Ellie, I'm like, you know what? I wanted to like expand my sports like horizons and try to get into a sport that I had, I had tried to get into a couple years before, but it was through the MLS, which to me when I was watching it was so slow and boring and it just didn't seem appealing so I try to get into it via the European aspect of football. So he would teach me the rules, regulations, and stuff like that. And obviously Aston Villa was my gateway into the club or my the sport. Um, like I said, guys, 
I'm kind of stuttering and for just forgive me and I probably know you understand what I mean, but just bear with me as I said earlier on. Um, but like I was saying, um, I Aston Villa became the gateway team into the support. So I would support Villa for the longest time, but also during that time I would learn more about the other leagues that were a part of like European football, like your Dutch leagues, which didn't really come until later, but anyways, mostly the top five, like English Premier League, La Liga, Bundesliga, Serie A, and League One, obviously, which is the French League. And I would learn about the teams and stuff, and I really was not feeling at home with Villa, but I was still experimenting at the time with the teams. And then eventually, he would give me a Serie A club. Ellie would help me transition into a Serie A club, which is kind of where I felt my home would be um, at some point, but I just didn't know if, if that was going to be the case or when. So I would fall, go with none other than the team I support today, Inter Milan. And during the time, it was pretty much still the split 50-50 where I would... Still have a love for both Inter and Villa. But then one day, both teams had lost. It was like a late December match or something. I think it was before the break. Um, So Inter and Villa had both lost that day. And I was like, Elliot, I am so mad at this Inter loss. Because at the time, I knew Villa were in the championship which is the sec the b- division below the Premier League. And so losses there were pretty much expected, but I n- was so furious at Inter because I knew they were probably better than what they were giving us. And so Elliot was like, you may not want to accept this, but I think your love of Inter may be stronger than Villa now. And so with that, I'm like, it's. Po- I said it, it could be possible. So he showed me like v- videos of like the Derby della Mandonina, otherwise known as the Milanese Derby, and showed me like um, videos on our club, the club's history. And just with that, my passion for Inter just grew to the point where it is today. Like I'm sitting here waiting for my first Scudetto, but obviously due to the past 24 hours who knows what's gonna happen but hang on a moment I'm gonna take a sip of water so just bear with me sorry about that um with that I would eventually become an a full-on answer supporter like Right now, I have, like, five Inter shirts, ranging from normal t-shirts to the kit tops, all the way to having a miniature Inter Milan football, Inter Milan blanket, pillowcases, Inter Milan alarm clock, pennants, basically showing, like, the titles and the logos that the club has had over the past decades and stuff, along with... A Javier Zanetti poster and just recently a 3D puzzle of the San Siro, which was also a gift from Elliot. So I basically went all in on Inter. And so 
now I'm going to kind of like transition into what it's been like as an inter supporter over the past five years. Well, obviously, over the past five years, it has been a roller coaster of emotions and everything. Over the past five years, I have been through, I think, if I remember correctly, seven or eight different managers. One season alone, there was like three or four different managers within that season. And then the more prolific managers that I've dealt with late over the past four seasons were obviously the two seasons under Luciano Spalletti, former Roma manager, and obviously Antonio Conte. Um, obviously, there has been ups and downs with like performance and just like during the first, I would say three or four seasons of being a full-on Inter supporter, they would go what is called the winter slump, where Inter would go start real hot, but then during seven matches or so during the winter, they would just never, they would struggle to even win anything. So it was either losses or draws during that time, and it was just frustrating. There were times where I wanted to throw stuff up against the wall and break it, because I've gotten that angry at them. Obviously, there have been transfers that have come and gone. Some that have paid off in dividends. And others were just like, what the hell were you thinking? And, but just like overall, being an Inter supporter is like, it's like a marriage. Yes, you're going to have ups and downs. But... At the end of the day, you still love them regardless. Because, like, even in marriage, there are times where you're going to end up having those, like, arguments and fights. But if you truly love each other, you're going to do what it takes to work it out and make the marriage work. And obviously, there is a time where divorce, obviously, has a Christian, that it's totally okay to get a divorce. That's when a relationship becomes like abusive and it's no longer safe to be in that relationship. But anything outside of that, if you're able to work to get out, definitely by all means work it out. I'm sorry about getting a little preachy there. Sorry, but it's who I am sometimes. Um, but yeah, um, but it's like I said, at the in the end, me and Inter have worked out whatever differences we've had. And obviously, this season has been one for the record books, especially since at the end of last season, Inter were just one point shy of winning their first, the Scudetto since the 2010 trouble-winning season, which obviously I wasn't a part of because obviously I still I wasn't into the sport at that time, so... I wish I had was. I still feel like I got into the sport way too late, which is obviously um, customary. I guess I don't know if that's the right word, but I'm just going to go with that. Um, But it's like one of those things where I feel like I wish I got into the sport sooner just so I could have witnessed some of this awesome stuff that has gone on with the club. But it is what it is on that. Um, Pretty much... This season is one the one for the record books. Inter are on the cusp of winning that Scudetto. Obviously, they Inter have gone 
I think now 12 games without a loss, which could have been possible yesterday in their one one draw against Napoli, which because Napoli got an early goal from an own goal from Samir Handanovic, Inter's keeper. So, but still, at least they were able to somehow get that point back. So, ju- so we're able to continue that momentum going into the last seven matches of the season. Now, on to what has happened the past 24 hours. As everybody knows, this news has rocked the football community. Basically, right now, it's a house divided. Some are for it, some are against it, some are on the fence and don't know what the hell they're going to do. The They just recently announced the um, European Super League, which would be a... Pretty much, I call it an elite group of teams competing against each other, which is going to basically be an answer for the champions in Europa League, which, based on the European Super League, it is going to suffer dramatically with that. Obviously, a lot of these... A lot of this was planned, like, years in advance, and... Obviously, people like myself who've only been into the sport five seasons didn't even know this was going on. I had heard rumors, but obviously, I as a person do not believe rumors whatsoever because the worst thing is people spread rumors like wildfire and then nothing either nothing ends up happening. And then you make it look like a straight-up fool. So... That's why I never choose to believe any of it. So I didn't, I had only heard rumors. I didn't know if it was really true. So I just wrote it off and just continued my football journey, obviously. Um, Whereas some who have their, what I like to call the ear to the ground and who may know people within like certain, those clubs, organizations and stuff pretty much knew that this was actually going to come, but it just sucks that it happened because obviously right now with Inter being a part of the, the Super League, I just don't know how to feel like my friend Ryan, who pretty we started a podcast last year called Cannon Steaks in the Olympico, He's an Arsenal supporter. He is officially done with them. He actually threw his Arsenal top into the trash can because he was that pissed off and upset about it. My one friend, obviously my podcast partner, Elliot, as a journalist, this basically changes like what he's going to have to do and he has no clue what he's going to do going forward when it comes to writing because... Without certain clubs being in like the Champions and Europa League, it just makes things more difficult. Obviously, Inter and Juventus and Milan are obviously going to continue to participate in the domestic league. From what I'm hearing, obviously, nothing, every everything that's just transpired over the tre- t- past 24 hours is like either it's true or it's not true, and some are just still rumors at this moment. Like, there is a possibility that um, teams like Man City, 
Real Madrid and um, Chelsea, who are all a part of the Champions League, may be told that they're done. They're no longer allowed to participate in the league itself and basically have any chances of them winning the Champions League out the door. So, with that being said, and since PSG isn't a part of the Super League, that would automatically, by default, make them the Champions League winners. And then if you look at the other, the Europa League, you have Arsenal and Manchester United, who would be banned from that competition. So, it would end up being Roma versus Villarreal in the Europa League final. So, a lot of this stuff, they say may. So, that means it's not true, but it doesn't mean it's not true yet. So, obviously, there's going to be a bunch more news in the coming days on what's really going to transpire from some of this. And in regards to, like, my thoughts, I really don't know. It's like some people are for it. Some people are against it, but in my opinion right now, it's just a bunch of two greedy-ass bastards who are arguing like two little schoolgirls in a playground. Like, oh, you're doing this to spite us and stuff. Basically, it's just greed facing greed. As they say, it's basically like fire and and gasoline. It's basically just a whole entire mess right now. And who knows what's going to happen. Some of these clubs I'm hearing may not be able to even participate in the domestic leagues themselves. Like, Inter may not even be a part of Serie A next year. Um, But obviously it would be up to the boards of each respective league on what they're going to do. Um, a same with UEFA. It's like, yes, sometimes the league boards itself will get some say in what goes on, but in the end, it's up to FIFA and UEFA of what they're going to do. Are they going to say, hey, if you participate in this, you're done in the Serie A. You're done in the Premier League. It's either you stop this right now, or there's going to be hell to pay. And so it's like, right now, we'll probably get more news in the coming days. And obviously, I'm sorry I'm not talking as well about the Super League as most people are. Because obviously, I didn't hear about the Super League except the rumors maybe like two or three seasons ago. And then that was it. And then things kind of got quiet. So it's like, oh, maybe it was just a rumor and it was done dead in the water and stuff like that. But now that it's official, I'm like, well, I don't know what to do. And people are wondering, what am I going to do when it comes to enter in the coming seasons or next season more so because... This season's already done, and next season would start the Super League. Obviously, as you see, I said, my friend Ryan is completely and utterly done with um, Arsenal. He is, like, renouncing them as a supporter. For me, 
I'm just so heartbroken and torn. I actually almost cried last night because of it. I actually, at one time during last night, I had a tear, a couple tears rolling down my cheek because I had just fallen in love with this club five years ago. And to see what they're doing right now is just heartbreaking and devastating. Um, people are wondering, Danielle, are you going to still support Inter even through this? Or are you going to jump ship and go to another club? At this moment, I have nothing concrete to say about it. It's like I'm just trying to process all of this stuff that's going on. And depending on what happens in the next coming days, we'll probably make it more clear of what I'm going to do. But just right now, I'm just trying to process this. And hopefully they allow us to continue to compete in the domestic league. And hopefully they don't strip us of the Scudetto because I have been waiting five long years for this Scudetto. Obviously, Elliot has been waiting for his Roma to win a Scudetto for a lot longer than that. He's been waiting for since 2001, I believe. And so it's like I want my first Scudetto and it would be just tragic if they said, oh, you're participating in this. No Scudetto for you because of this debacle. And so at this point, I don't know what I'm going to do. It's like I love this club with all my heart, but just some of the decisions that have transpired over the past 24 hours has just made me really take a step back and think about it. But if anything, obviously, I haven't, it's, I, as I said, it's not going to be concrete yet. But at this point, I'm going to still support Inter because they are my boys. They are my heart and soul. And obviously, first and foremost, without God, I am nothing. But without, but second, without football taking over the rest of like my mediocre life, because through football, I've also had a blog, which has come out of it. But obviously, lately, I've been slacking, which eventually I'm going to get back into, especially during the last seven matches of the season. And I don't want to miss that. Um, And, of course, we started a football podcast and stuff. So, obviously, Elliot has the most podcasts, but... um. Obviously, I've guest starred on Elliot's and James's podcast, The Football Apex. Obviously, there's Cannon Stacey and Limco. Obviously, we don't know what we're going to do with that one yet. We may have to change the name at some point because of what's gone on. Um, then I've been also a guest on the Deutschland Football Hour, which is the German um, version of the Kaltos Pantheon. And then, obviously, this is my baby, the Kaltos Pantheon, where we talk everything Serie A. And so, it's going to be difficult to talk on this show without talking about Inter. If they are deemed that they are going to be eliminated from the domestic competition. So, but for now, until things become more concrete... I'm going to still love this club with a passion, but if they end up getting kicked out of Syria, I'll have to really sit back and evaluate what I'm going to do going forward as a football fan, 
But just right now, I would like to take a moment of silence for those of us who've seen this, for those of you who've seen this coming and knew that this would eventually destroy football. So we're going to take a moment of silence for rest in peace football. It's been nice knowing you. And with that, I pretty much is I'm gonna pretty much leave it right here. Um, this has been a another edition of the Calchos Pantheon. It may be a little bit more somber than our other episodes, but I just felt like if my podcast partner didn't want to record a normal episode, I at least wanted to put out an episode of my own, just basically giving my thoughts and reactions and pretty much go through my story of what it's been like with Inter and give my thoughts on what it has been like over the past 24 hours, finding out that the club that you love is going to be a part of something like this and what it means going forward. I will probably keep you all up to date in the recent weeks of what once the more news and stuff comes out of what's going to happen on what I'm really going to do in regards to being an Inter supporter going forward. So with that, see you guys hopefully on the next one. Bye.